This is exactly right. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, honey. And June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens. And don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the Detective Club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out. You never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Forgive me for interrupting. I'm Bridger Weiniger, host of I Said No Gifts on Exactly Right. Each week, I invite my favorite people in comedy over to chat, and they always bring a gift. We're coming up on our 200th episode, and every episode is a gem. I have welcomed all kinds of great guests, including Cola Scola, Bowen Yang, Robbie Hoffman. It goes on and on and on. And you don't want to miss the 200th episode with the great Maria Bamford. What does she bring me? Find out April 25th. New episodes every Thursday. Follow I Said No Gifts wherever you get your podcasts. It's me, Roz Dresfeles. You guys, this weekend is the live show. I think this will probably be the last one I'm going to do for um, a couple of months at least in L.A. So I would love to see you there. There are still tickets left. And um, you just go to the link in my Instagram bio or you go to cavernclubtheater.com to get those tickets for this Saturday, which is March 7th at... 8 p.m. at Casita del Campo in Silver Lake, Los Angeles, California. Elena will be there. I might have a special guest in the works. And um, also Dave Holmes will be there. So we're going to have a great time and maybe catch us some ghosts. Speaking of catching ghosts, I had on the podcast today uh, someone... 
so, I, I'm I'm really interested lately with this show and just kind of taking it in different directions and not always having just comedians and drag queens. Um, I'm I have uh, somebody that is very special to my heart, and um, she actually has worked at the Hollywood Improv Comedy Club for years, and we have had some reports there of some paranormal-like phenomenon. Uh, I have also... I also wanted to tell you real quick that I was in San Francisco last weekend and um, I had some I had a good time. I went to a couple of haunted places. I stayed in a haunted hotel and I'm going to be uh, making a video that I'll I'll post and uh, you can see a little bit of my paranormal adventures, but nothing happened paranormal. But I did get some good, some good paranormal tea. And I, oh, I went to the Winchester Mystery House, and I went on the tour, and we had a great tour guide, and he kept calling ghosts oogly booglies. And because of that, um, I'm full on snatching that, and uh, I will be referring to ghosts as oogly booglies um, from here on out. So please enjoy this episode with the amazing Rita Piazza. You guys, I am joined by somebody truly that I feel is like family to me. And uh, if you, you may not have heard of her before, but you're going to fall in love. <laughs> she is um, a true Hollywood legend. She is an icon of stand-up comedy behind the scenes. Rita Piazza! Hi, Rosie. Hi, Rita. Okay, so <clears throat> Rita is the what what is your title now now i am talent and development but i was a general manager of the world famous hollywood improv which is my favorite comedy club no offense to any others um it's the place where i've had my show for a couple of years and i was a door person there yes you were (laughs) And so I've known you for uh, quite a few a number of yeah, years. Yeah, what year now. did what year did you start? I don't know. Uh, 2012, I was there until like, 2015. That was my last like job job. I remember interviewing you, and I was like, "Oh yeah, we need this. We need this kid oh. on our team." And then do you remember you were an artist too. You drew a really fucked up picture of poor Jay and Paige and myself. I still oh, have it above staff. my desk. Yeah. Yes. Um, well, that's okay. So, for anyone that doesn't know the Hollywood Improv, first of all, I found that anytime you bring up the Hollywood, you bring up the Improv or any of the Improv clubs, which it is a chain, um, people think, oh, Improv, but it's no, it's like it's stand up, right. and especially the Hollywood Improv, it's like the like mecca. It's just the place for the biggest stand ups stand-up comedians in the world. I mean, it's, like, such a Hollywood hotspot. And it's, like, like I've been there. I remember one time I was there, Lady Gaga was sitting there watching Jerry Seinfeld on, like, a Tuesday night. Right. And that's just, that's just a Tuesday night. It really is a special little place. It's, we, I mean, you know what it's like. You were there with us. We're, like, a little family there. It is a profound little place. It's not a job. It's a lifestyle to us. Um, but Bud started his first room. Bud Friedman is our founder. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, he has the monocle. He hosted Amy's Evening at the Improv for, yes. you know, the younger peeps. And there's that good documentary about the club. Um, yes, that's on... Behind the Brick Wall, I want to say it's called. Mm-hmm. It's on, yeah, it's it's on Epic. It's an Epic special. You might be able to find it on Amazon Prime or one of those. It's definitely streaming. Yeah, it has our whole story there, but it's just incredible. He started it in 1963 in New York on 44th Street. 
And um, then in 1975, he goes, let's go west, young man. And he opened it up there. And yeah, it's where um, it started off as more of a cabaret place. Uh-huh. And uh, he had singers like he he managed Bette Midler. Um, Dustin Hoffman would play the piano. Um Barry Manilow played the piano, and then a comic one day said, hey, I want to come up and do some time, and then it just sort of gradually, you know, he knew he was on to something. Yeah, and And that's like where Robin Williams and Jay Leno, I mean, everyone. And, you know, we, um, Paige and I went and had dinner with um, some old school people that were there in the 80s, and they were talking about, you know, Belushi and and uh, Bruce Willis, and it was just really a, the place where everybody hung out. Oh, and still, and not only just the biggest comedians in the world, like I think I've seen or met every pop diva there. I've I've seen them all there. I, I think Britney, oh, yeah. um, our, Miley, I mean, everyone Ariana just Ariana Grande. Yeah. Um, Pete Davidson was there with Ariana, and... They had like six people and we were oversold. So we smashed them into the first show. But my question was, are they going to go to the second show? Because we were turning the room and getting ready for the second show. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, this is going to be sardines in here. And Paige, I was yelling at Paige, like through text and the booker, Paige, who happens to be here in the room. She's being quiet like Little Mouse. That's okay. Um, But I go, Paigey, are they staying for the 10 o'clock show? She's like, checking. And then I waited like, you know, another five minutes. Paige texting her. Are they staying? I need to know if I need to hold this booth. We're we're fucked. Like we're oversold. I don't know. And then finally I saw her. We were like passing each other in the lab. And I yelled at her, Paige, will you please check? And she yells back over the the both rooms are turning and she goes, I don't know. They're making out in the green room. <laughs> I can't ask them. And I remember our eyes just met and I was like, oh, okay. But there's always like those fun little antics. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So we could talk about celebrity. I mean, literally, you could talk about celebrities for hours that you've that we've all encountered at the improv. But what a lot of people don't know about is that there's some visitors from the other side. Mm-hmm. I now this it's not a known place for being haunted. Like the no. the the comedy store up the street is definitely known as a haunted 100%. place. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. But the improv, I don't know that people know about that. I do, I do remember a couple years ago. I think it was after I worked there. Um, you guys told me that Taps came in from the TV show Ghost Hunters. And they did. They, now, what was that all about? So they contacted us. It was really, I didn't expect it at all. And um, they contacted us and they just wanted to come through and they like had all these lights and this equipment and we literally spent the night there. It was um, me, Paige, and uh, Nicole was there. We had we were all like we stayed till like five o'clock in the morning, and we did the upstairs, the new green room, which I've never felt anything there. Um, Wait, which where is that in the above the lab? Oh yeah yeah yeah. Like where you go and you hang out Definitely. for your shows. Um, and they went there. We went into the showroom, and Bud Friedman had an old. And they were like asking questions of people, and they had like these cool lights that would like light up. Remember, we were, like, asking questions, and Bud had – his assistant was Fran Cowan. She was amazing. I think she passed at, like, 95 years old, but she'd always wear these big heels. She was very – always had her lashes done. She was the one – when I was 30 years old, she told me I had jowls. Like, she had, like – you know, she was, she was like, very young heart. She's like, you need to go see somebody. You have jowls. Oh, my God. And I'm like, I don't have jowls. I'm 30. (laughs) Franny. But anyway, she had just passed um, a couple years before, and – 
they asked like his Fran, are you here? And the light went on in the in the um on the main stage. But they went up to the mezzanine. All my experiences have been in the mezzanine. Yeah. Me well, I only had one, but it was up there too. Which is so you're talking about if you go into the venue, you go into like the restaurant bar, the upstairs, right? right. Like as soon yes. as you walk into the main, the front door, you'll see a, a set of stair, a staircase that goes up. Yeah. Now up that we call that the mezzanine, and it used to be where there were booths and there were dining tables up there, so we could feed people like an overflow. People would eat uh-huh. up there, but then if you went to the left, now there's a full wall, but it used to be a pony wall, like a half wall. And then if you went to the left, there looked like a little lounge area. We had a we had bookshelves in there. They were built in, and we had a sofa. And then right there was the entrance to our office. And remember our office? You had to, like, go down and duck under the wall. Mm, yeah. That was Bud's office, everybody's office for years and years until we moved to the other side. Um, but that was our office for years. And up against the – on the other side of that, I know it's hard to, to explain, is the main showroom. Yeah. But it's upstairs. So that whole mezzanine area is where – my experiences have happened. Okay, so let's hear some stories. Okay. So what was your first experience at the Hollywood Improv? So I transferred in in 99, and I was 28 years old, and my boss at the time, you know, Melrose at Melrose area, we're open till 2, and then by the time you're doing paperwork, you know, it's 3, 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning. My boss at the time said, he was very serious, he said, Rita, Melrose changes after a certain time. Mm-hmm. Right. Like the alleyway, the alley's right behind us. And he said, I will if I catch you here alone, I will fire you. He was very clear with me. And I feel like as I've been talking to more and more people, people didn't believe me at first. But the more I talk to people, it seems like these this is happening to people that are new there, because all of this is kind of in my first two years. Mm -hmm. Because now when I'm alone there, I feel very – I feel like when they realize that you're supposed to be there, that it's very comforting to me now. But it wasn't then. Uh, I had no clue that it was haunted. I didn't even think about it being haunted. Nothing. And when I worked there as a door person, one of your jobs is to make sure all the doors are locked at the end of the night. And uh, and I guess, you know, make sure that there's not people creeping or – I don't know. So I went to that upstairs – um, that we're talking about. And I noticed that uh, the one door was like slightly open. The door, if you go up the stairs, the one on the left, that's like a little green room, mm-hmm. that door was open. And so I went to shut it and I thought I locked it, but I went to shut it. And then I walked down and I shut off the lights and I was going down the stairs in the restaurant bar and I heard the door creak open. <sighs> and so, And I like stopped and I was like, wait, because it's not like a door that, like it's, you know, you shut it and it locks in or whatever. Like it's not going to just open. So I thought that was kind of weird. And then I went to walk back up and it shut. <gasps> like it shut real abruptly. So I don't know what that was all about. But then I remember <laughs> I went to you. Well, I went to like Jay, the manager, and I was like, is this place haunted? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, you know, Rita said a couple of things before. And then I talked to you and you're like, bitch, I got stories. I'm telling you that area that you're describing right at the top landing of the staircase is literally where all my stuff comes from. My first one was I was alone there one night. I was not balancing. I knew I was going to be there recounting the money. And I let. And it was right when I started when he warned me. And I let the door guy go. 
because he was exhausted, and I was counting my money, and I heard very clear footsteps coming up that staircase. And to the point where I jumped up, and I was thinking, I'm fired. I I don't know what I'm going to tell him, because he would go out partying, and I thought he just stopped by the club to check on me, Mm. and there was nobody there. Like, I went running out of the office, and there was nobody there. But the second situation was, again, I was closing, and this is you know, a a few, like a year later. And I was closing and I had one person there there with me. And same thing, I wasn't balancing. I knew I was going to take a while. And I was in my office and I said, you know what, just go ahead and take off. I'm going to be here a while. So as soon as he, so he went out the office, down the stairs, out the double front doors, and I heard the doors close. And literally like within a minute, it sounded like, Roz, it sounded like four to six people in the showroom on the other side of the wall, they, like they were throwing furniture around. It what? was like moving furniture, crashing, and my heart is pounding. And I thought, I literally thought that there was somebody in our club that saw him leave. Mm-hmm. And they thought, thought it that, was open. And they thought it was, they were alone. Yeah. And they were taking our sound equipment. I thought that we were being robbed. Yeah. And it was right on that other side of the wall in that office area. And it stopped very abruptly because I I, I was standing up and I said, God, did I just hear what I think I just heard? And then it was like it answered me because then again, boom, boom, boom. It sounded like they were throwing tables and chairs and like trying to get up high and get our lights because we have expensive shit in there. Yeah. I... I don't know. I I smacked my head. I went running down, like, out of the office, and we had that half wall. I smacked my head on the wall. I almost fell down the stairs. I went running down the stairs. I had my purse and my phone. Almost fell down the stairs straight out the door, and I went running past Fred Siegel's, and I called 911. I'm like, somebody is in my club, and they are robbing us right now. Cops pull up, go to clear. They go in there. They're in there for maybe 15 minutes. Clearing the place, they come out, they look at me like I'm smoking heroin. Nothing. There was nothing. I went in there and the showroom was perfectly in place. And that's wow. when I'm like. Now, did you have, at that point, were there cameras in the showroom? No. Ah. We didn't get cameras in that club until 2013. Wow. I wonder how that noise was being made if there was nothing. I don't moved. know. It was really, really scary. But, um, my next experience, I had two experiences with shadow people right in that area you're talking about, Roz. Exactly in that area. Okay, what happened? So our first show. Are you talking about shady people? Like shadow people. Or shadow I people. I had to look it up. It was it was so. Because I've met some shady people on Melrose. <laughs> it was Nowadays on Melrose, if you haven't been to Melrose in Hollywood, California, it's nothing but 17-year-olds with face tattoos that have really expensive cars, and I don't know why. And they're all in line to buy new sneakers. Yeah. It, um, they were but that shadow. was not this. This was shadow people. Yeah. I, I, we, I was running the floor, and the first show was very, very busy. The second show, not so much, but the first show was getting out, and it was hectic. And one of my servers, it was Jay. It was before he was a manager. Mm-hmm. He, I said, Jay, I'll meet you upstairs in a couple minutes to check you out. You know, so I could get his paperwork, get his money. But it took me a little while. So the bottom area was packed. The top area, the mezzanine, we didn't seat dinners up there. It was dark. So we used to have lights up there. It was completely dark. 
And I started walking up the stairs. And right in that area that you're talking about, there used to be a half wall to the left. You're walking up the stairs. I saw the outline of this person jump and like bend down, like jump around the wall like they were hiding. Like you know what I'm saying? Like mischievous, yeah. like jumping and hiding. Like, do you think they saw you and they're like, it was absolutely like they were hiding from me. Yeah. And I'm go marching up the stairs and I go, Jay, I see you. You're such a butthole. I see you. You're gonna <laughs> jump out and, and scare me. And um I go up there and there's nobody there. And I go to Holy crap. And that was the second time that I had seen a shadow person in that now area. Now, describe the shadow person. It looks like a full it, – it was a big – it was a male, definitely. And it was a full, like, physical, solid, perfectly black outline of a person. Hmm. And I didn't know they were called shadow people. I would never experienced this. Um, until I went and researched it. I mean, I literally, I called my um, brother-in-law. He was he was going to, um, he was going to be a priest before he met my sister. Oh, so, he was like in the seminary? Yeah, so I called him. I'm like, do we believe in this stuff? Because all this stuff is happening and I'm, I'm seeing this stuff. And he said, absolutely. So I had never heard of it. And then I did some research and yeah, there's a lot on shadow people. And I saw... Another time going up the stairs, maybe like a few months later, it went to the right. So I'm going up the stairs. It was dark and it went to the right. And I thought it was a customer because you were there. It's like sometimes people would wander up there. Yeah. And I thought a customer was up there and like lost because it walked to the right. And I said, honey, do you need some lights up here? I can get you some lights up here. What are you doing? And there was no one there. There was no one Do you one think there. it was the same person? The same shadow I do. person? Yes. It, it, like the physicality of it was the same. So. I think it could be a comedian. I mean, if they're mischievous like that, if they're playing tricks on you, they're making noise. I've been thinking about this um, before we were going to sit down. And I, I'm not sure because there's so many characters that sit at that bar. That's true. There's so many characters that are regulars that either wanted to be comedians or they were writers. Mm-hmm. Um that were staples there. Well, and it's it's a place, I mean, I certainly feel very connected to it. I mean, maybe I'll haunt it one day. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> What's going to happen when Roz haunts us? I can't even imagine. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, The key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, honey. And June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s like lavish estates and gardens. And don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the Detective Club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with 
or against them. June needs your help, but watch out. You never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Comedian, television's Yasser Lester... Um, he was our office manager before he really, you know, got his got his took flight. Yeah, and he was our office manager. I want to say for like two years, but he has a story as well because I remember wow. this exchange, and he said that we could give him a okay, we could ring him up. Let's try to call him and see what he has to say. Hello. <gasps> You're there, yes, Afras. Hi, Yasser Lester. Hey. Hi, Yasser. This is Roz Dresfeles. How are you? Uh, what's going on? <laughs> okay. What happened to you at the improv? Okay, so I, I don't know how much you've been filled in on, but I was, uh, I don't know, close to 10 years ago, I worked in the front office, the, the technically the upstairs office, uh, I would do like the, you know, the balancing of the books, the, the prelim balancing of the books and stuff. Because of that, I came in first thing in the morning to get it ready for the, the managers that evening. You know, Rita was the head of the club. Uh, so, uh, I would get everything during the day ready for her to, you know, handle it at night. Um, so one morning, I, I usually got there around, you know, between nine and nine thirty. And most times the, uh, the, the cleaning guy, his name was Jesus, he was there. But for whatever reason, this one morning, I don't know if he was late, if, if he just didn't, he had the day off or something crazy, whatever. He's not in the building. So it's just me. I'm balancing the books. And keep in mind, like, I am scared of, like, ghost stuff. But I'm not like since I'm I'm not always looking for ghosts. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? As a matter of fact, I think I'm doing the opposite. I'm like yeah. always trying to avoid the idea of a ghost because I don't want to be scared. Okay. So, did you think that this place was haunted at the time when this happened? Or did dude, I'd heard stories, but I also I, I will say this, I think a lot of times just with a certain whether scientifically or not, I do think certain places and you know concentrations of energy can exist you know mm-hmm. so when people said it was haunted i was kind of like okay like but i didn't i didn't think anything of it more than you know a, a second or two you know sure but at, at this time i i was sitting in the office uh and so it's completely the office is completely upstairs and uh to get in you would walk in a door then there was a half wall. Yes, we were just talking about this. Under, yeah. So, so we had to crawl under this half wall. And there's no quick way to do it. You can't get in, you can't get out. Like, truly, in cases of an emergency, it's probably, it was a very dangerous thing to have. <laughs> yeah, that's probably why it's uh, so, not there anymore. Um, so I'm sitting there one morning. I'm balancing the books. At this point, it's probably like 9.45 in the morning. Keep in mind, I'd been up for, you know, at least two or three hours. It's not like, it wasn't like something I rolled out of bed and got there, or you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not at 
I, at this point, I wasn't even drinking anymore. So there's all the classic excuses are tossed out the window. Okay. Um, I'm sitting there balancing the books. Again, I'm by myself. It, to the breath I felt on my ear. So I had a feeling. I literally felt it. And then someone whispered in my ear. They just went, yes, sir. They just said my name. And they said it perfectly. And again, I felt the air of their words on my ear. And I was like, oh, that was weird. So I turned around re- reactively thinking it's Rita or hey, like Rita in early for some reason or Jesus or somebody. And I turn around and there's literally no one there. Also keep in mind that to get into the office, Outside of the half wall, you would have to hear them come in. It's physically impossible to sneak in and out. Yeah. So I felt it, and I went, oh, that was weird. So it took me a second, because I turned around, like, kind of giggling, like I was about to catch someone and be like, what are you doing? And there was no one there. And I sat there for a second, and I took a very deep breath, and then I ran out as fast <laughs> as I could. I've never been more scared outside of, like, an actual danger, you know, outside yeah. of like a car accident or something. It was the scariest moment. I I hauled. I like I screamed for Jesus's name, but he wasn't there because I was just trying to double check. I got outside. I stood on the curb, and I don't know if Rita told you, but I called her, yes. and I was like, Rita, something is wrong. Someone just whispered in my ear, whispered in my ear at the improv. I know no one's here, and she was just like, "Oh my god!" Like I'm gonna try to be there as quickly as possible, and I just stood outside. Do you think it? Because I was like, I couldn't go back in. I, I've never. I'm telling you, I was sick to my stomach, terrified. Do, could you tell though? Like looking back, do you think it was a, a male voice or a female voice, or do you have any idea oh, who it? it was, what I kind of ghost? It was absolutely a male voice. It was unmistakably male. Because we're talking about this shadow figure ghost man up there that sounds mischievous that Rita was telling me stories about. It sounds like the same person. I don't know who that is, though. Wait, say that last part again? I don't know who it is. We're trying to get to the bottom of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know who it is either, but it was was mortifying. He was hysterical. It wasn't... I've had other, like, I have sleep paralysis. There's other things that, like, in my life where I was like, was that a ghost? And it is all easily explained away. And I also truly believe that, like, in most of these circumstances, you can go, like, you were tired or this set of circumstances led to this thing, right? Like, most times you can explain it away. This one, it's not just the idea that this thing said my name, because you can hear things. You know, auditory hallucinations are extremely valid and real the problem is that i also felt the air yeah. of this being on me it, it, it truly and I, I told rita this before it was it was so in my ear i could essentially feel my eardrum rattle it was it was in the recesses of my body it was yeah. the, again like when i when i Talk about like uh, you know otherworldly experiences. It is the first one I talk about. It is, yeah. and it is weirdly something that have, I, I think on our deathbeds bind me and Rita. We will talk about hundred percent until until we're out of here. It was just you know it was just insane. It was so scary. I mean, even a decade later, when I because Yasser was actually you know performing last night at our show, which was so exciting. He was in the on the main stage. 
And before I left, I go, oh, my God, Yasser's here. I need to go down and just, you know, see if he'd be if we can call him or if he just, yeah. you know, give me remind me of all the details. And 10 years later, when I said, hey, I need to talk to you in the hallway last night, I go, yes, I'm doing I'm doing a, a podcast tomorrow about ghosts and his face just <laughs> right i mean immediately his face was like oh my god yes please and i'll just i'll never forget it he was he was literally wouldn't go back in the building yeah uh, i mean he was just i could see the so, blood ran out of his head how how much longer did you work after that I mean, I had to work the rest of the day. It was an hourly job. But, like, did you stay at the company for long? (laughs) How much longer were you an employee, though? Oh, oh, I I mean, years. Probably another two years. Yeah. I would have been terrified the entire time. I was. We (laughs) talked about it constantly. We talked about it constantly. Like, would you hear? Rita, after that, I feel like, Rita, that's when you told me the story of like hearing the piano playing late Mm -hmm. at night. We haven't got to that one yet. Have you, did you hear other people telling ghost stories when you work there? Not until I told mine. Yeah. I swear to you. It wasn't, it wasn't something that like, because again, had I, 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 I'm telling you, I would have written it off as like, oh, I've been predisposed to think that it's this thing when in actuality I was thinking a thought and the air conditioner kicked on and it like brushed against my ear. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like there's yeah. so many things that I would have, I would have written it off for, but I'm telling you the moment I started telling people, I, I, there are people that told me, you know, that as they were walking upstairs to the office one morning that they would they saw a man like sitting at the table and then the moment they got up there it was gone you know oh like my God. weird things like that but again none of that was said until i started sharing my story so yeah. it's almost as if we had this shared experience but we all either are afraid of sounding crazy you know quote unquote or you're just so nervous about it you don't want to you don't want to speak it into existence you know what i mean yeah. or you know, there's even like the idea of like making this thing mad, you know? So, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, Rita was the only person that knew for a long time. And it's just because I was so scared. She, she was the first person I called. Well, thanks so much for sharing. Um, oh, thanks for having me. Yes. Thank you. Um, we'll talk to you later. Uh, have a great thanks, day. Thanks. Yeah, sir. At least, I mean, people they, right. like you fortify me. Thank you. Cause some people are like, what? <laughs> no problem. Oh, I love no you problem. so much, honey. Bye. I love you more. Bye, yes. Bye. Bye. Yes, Bye. sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Can you believe that? Oh, my God. Wait, what's the piano story? The piano story is just, and that's just not me. That's a shared experience where you're just up in the office and we'd hear the piano playing. And sometimes, like, guys like Craig Robinson, you know, they like to hang out after hours. Um, we like to feel, you know, like everybody's super welcome. And I don't have a problem if somebody's down there fucking around while I'm doing the, the paperwork, you know. Mm-hmm. But I was alone and I just heard the piano playing and I'm like, shit, you know, Craig, uh, back in the day, Zach Galifianakis used to play on the piano. So I thought maybe somebody was doing it, but there was no one there. But we had one um, manager. His name was Big Mike. And he like ran strip clubs in Vegas in the back. He's a big burly guy. <laughs> he smoked tons of pot and like eat our pies in the in the <laughs> kitchen after hours. He's so funny. But he would give me shit because I was trying to tell people that I, this is happening to me. And we started around the same time. I feel like he started maybe a month after me. And 
he was just giving me shit. Like I, I was crazy. And literally, he's like a big, he was a big guy, probably, you know, six foot three, 250, big guy. And he said, oh, my God, he heard the piano playing, too. It was like through the wall there in our office. It's like it and seems. And no one there. And there was no one there. Were and they she, good at piano? Um, No, it was just kind of <laughs> like this dinking around. Oh, no, okay. it wasn't like, you know, Bach or anything. But, yeah. Um, I guess but was it Sebastian Bach? Oh, no. At least? <laughs> I don't. It was, but that kind of, you know. Well, it's interesting with places like this because clearly the ghosts, that's when I really believe that there's certain people that ghosts are drawn to. Or, like, why is it that some people have worked there for 20 years or more and might not even have experiences? Like, I think you're one of those people like me that ghosts are into. Well, I, I feel like I am. I'm an emotionally open person. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm. You know, I'm super open and communicative with people, and I talk to, um, you know, you you going back to people that have been there a long time. Last night, I talked to John Kirk, and he's been a server there almost 30 years, but he did have, like, a two-year break um, where he took off because we had some crazy management come in, so he took off, and then we brought him back in, and he said, last night, he told me that when he first came back, he was going towards the showroom there was a show going on and he was going into the showroom and there was a doorman standing there and the door just opened for him the door opened and then and he just stood there looking at it and then it closed back up and he said that was the first time because he said he would they they, he was looking around like why aren't they doing stuff to me you know when i was talking about it but he said that was a really spooky moment and jay had the same thing with the footsteps um, I just don't think a lot of people know that it's haunted. You know, I think because my experience was just like Yasser, where I didn't have any idea. And then, you know, something happened and then I spoke about it. Mm-hmm. No, I haven't. I wonder if this will maybe bring out more stories. So talking about you being someone that ghosts like, mm-hmm. I know you have other stories outside of the improv. and terrifying stories. Yeah. What is this one you were telling me about? You had some kind of sounds like a demon to me. So I had this is more recent. This is my little house. I live in this sweet little like a uh, guest house. It's like a little cottage. It's only about, you know, maybe 600 square feet, one bedroom, really cozy, tiny, but it's over I think it's close to 100 years old. Wow. And I love it there. And it's up like two flights of stairs it's behind a main house and it's got like the um colonial look you know it's got french doors and windows and like the pillars outside it's just darling and i had this is in 20 this is about five years ago and i'm in la by myself um the only sense of family that i have would be work um or you know, somebody that I'm very that I've I loved for a long time is comic Pablo Francisco, mm-hmm. and he's on, he was on the road all the time. So I've had multiple surgeries, you know, unfortunately, and when I would have any kind of medical issue or something, he would get um, a car service for me, and it was family owned. And this lady, her name was Deb. She had um, she was a recovering addict. She'd been sober for I think a decade, but she was just like one of those really nice, but just you could like a darkness about them. Mm. You know what I'm saying, like she just you could tell that she had a very hard past, yeah, and. 
you know, a little pessimistic, but just like a, you know, people have like an aura around them, like a, I don't know, a juju around them. Yeah. Or they're, they're like very light and fun. She did not have that, but she was very kind to me and she, you know, did the job. But her and her brother would go, they would take me to surgeries and bring me home after surgery. So she brings me home one day and oh, I needed her um, to carry up some groceries, right? Because I had to go get some stuff for food and I couldn't carry them up. And she comes up. She'd never been in my home. She comes up and she was very awkward. Like you could tell she didn't want to be there. So I walked in. I sat on the couch. She goes into my kitchen. When you walk into my house, it's a little living room. And to the left is a doorway to a galley kitchen and like a little dining area. And she walked in there and she dropped the bags out. And Roz, she was in and out like in 15 seconds like she was uncomfortable she like went in there socially awkward she drops the bags off comes back out out the door and I look up and I see like this it looked like a goat oh, what? A, a, it was a goat on its hind legs it, it had hooves and it ran like in her direction it ran from my kitchen uh, towards the window, so through the doorway to the other side. It was brief, but I could clearly see it. Now, not like do you? It wasn't like a person goat. Like it was an actual. Like it, it looked, looked like, like a goat. goat. It, yeah, it was a goat, like up on its hind legs, big head, and it was like a. It was like a brown color. It was like a, a almost transparent, but it was brown in color, and it went like it chased her. She went out my door and it like went out at almost the same time. And I remember thinking, she just brought this into my house. Really? Yeah. I mean, that's definitely a belief that people have entities attached to them. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you have to be careful sometimes who you let into your house. Forge. I mean, I was just like, bitch, you need to get the hell out. Go get in your car and drive away. But I'll never... (laughs) forget it and like the way that it moved was very animal like and it was like it was like running out with her it didn't want it didn't walk it ran and I just remember I was in shock like did I just see that because you know a a couple hours earlier I was you know medicated yeah I was gonna ask that Um, do you think it could have been I don't think it was anything like that I I clearly saw it but then stuff started happening in relation to that, right? Yeah. I um I was in bed one night and you know, we're vampires in this business, so I was like forcing myself to go to bed. So I was I was awake and forcing myself to try to get some sleep, otherwise you miss the whole entire next day and I was in my bed and I had um like printed sheets my pillowcase and like the sheets over me they were printed and they had multiple like these flowers or like a border around the flowers and I was I was still and I felt it wasn't like a a, a grabbing it was like a very slow grasping of my feet <laughs> I'm freaking out <laughs> I'm fucking you okay? freaking out yeah like um I I slept with the crucifix after this for like a couple of weeks. Yeah. I slept with the with the cross. That is terrifying. It, it it was these hands and they slowly grabbed onto my feet. And it started pulling me. And the reason I brought up the pattern of my sheets is because I could see the pattern of these flowers slowly 
going past my eyes. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, like I could course. see the pattern moving. Like I was, it was so slow. Like I was being slowly dragged off of my bed towards the foot of my bed. Oh my God. And I remember very clearly thinking somebody broke into my house. He bashed me over the top of the head. I don't remember this. And my head's going to hit the floor. I remember thinking he's he's going to I'm I'm going to die and he's dragging me off of my bed and my head is going to end up my head is going to end up hitting the floor. How far down the bed were you? Um, I ended up like with my feet on the floor. Like I was sitting almost in a sitting position. Yeah. When I came up and I ran out of my house. Um, I screamed and I ran out of my house and. and of course, there was nobody there. I, I've I've never been like how how Yasser was saying before. I've I've never been that scared. And that's when I called, you know, another someone in my church and um, talked to them about it. I'm like, I and they were talk, talking about how there's demons and they'll come in if there's something not right in your life or there's something not right. You could have brought it in from somewhere yeah. where you were around somebody that had this sort of energy. And um, car service lady brought it in. Oh, my God. Wait. So did you feel uh, like it felt like a human grabbing your legs. Absolutely, it was. It was two hands, one hand Warm on like each. like a human. Yes, one hand on each foot, because I remember it like slowly g- grasping. You know, I've heard stories of like ghost tickling feet, and you know, kind of fun. And no, this was a slow. Um, it it felt evil grabbing onto my feet, like grasping tightening and then pulling and i think the the most terrifying part of it was watching that watching the pattern of my bed yeah. sheets going past you know my like my cheek mm-hmm. like i was being dragged off my bed so so how did this end because it's not still going on right i don't know i um this is going to i had um i slept with the cross and what i've been doing are you catholic I am. Yeah. yeah, my mom and dad are Sicilian. They came over from Sicily, so yeah, I was raised Catholic. Um, even to this day, last night, I sleep with the big pillows, like decorative pillows I have on my bed. I sleep with them on my feet since that time. In hopes that you won't get dragged that I, out. That I never feel that again. Like to, that, to, the, to this day, last night, that's part of my going to bed process is yeah. I put pillows over my feet and I put them... I'm going to cry. And I put them on my body because it was that terrifying. And I have a cross next to my bed. But after initially that, I slept with the cross, like, next to me, holding it. Big old, big old Italian cross, too, Mm -hmm. that's on my nightstand. I slept with it. And the only—and I got rid of everything, like— um. You know those candles you see in the grocery store that are like of Jesus or those big tall candles? Or Ross Dressfellas, my merch. Do you I have, have them? like that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You burn them for – you burn them. They burn for like five days. You're not supposed to blow them out. Yeah, yeah. I threw like everything out in my – I had a couple of those and I thought maybe they had been – I know it sounds so crazy to say. But like I felt like maybe those were hexed or something. But were, were they Catholic – no, they were just like they just had the Jesus thing with like the with the with the prayer on the back. So I don't yeah. know what denomination they were, but you but know, still that's interesting. So I got rid of those in the house, and I haven't felt anything since that. And it, that last incident was five years ago. This is twenty, yes, twenty fourteen. 
it would have been, yeah, 2014, so five years ago. And I just went through a phase, like that next week when I had the cross, I would pray the rosary. I'd pray the rosary out loud. I would say... Um, you know, glory be, glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. I would say it, you know, world without end. I would say it like, um, you know, 20 times or the Our Father. See, now I was raised Catholic. I do not uh, identify as a Catholic, but I've had a lot of topics or a lot of discussion on the show in recent times about do I believe in demons or just dark energies or I'm not really sure how I feel about that. But whatever it is, I I do know that there are energies that do not like our father and rosaries and that scares them off. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I know. Not that I'm trying to make people be Catholic or anything, but I've I've seen. I mean, that's what exorcisms are. Right. I always like viewed it as um, I had a really good experience, but it, it's it, growing up in, in the Catholic Church. But I identify it more as a cultural thing. It brings me peace because I know, like, mm-hmm. my father and his father and his father and his father and his father And did our this. father. And our father, you know, all did this. So that brings me a sense of peace. So I think I know that's why I kind of run to that. Yeah. Uh, like, but that was my only weapon. I mean, It works for a lot of people. And like I said, it seems to work against demons. Oh, my God. If those are real. Um, and I believe that whatever you were dealing with, that sounds to me like what people explain demons as. I mean, a goat on hind legs. Yeah. And you know what's funny, like kind of going back to our conversation with Yasser is, you know, talking about is that in some some sort, is it in the in the living in your mind somewhere, something that you've thought about in the past, something yeah. that you've been exposed to in the past? I'd never thought in in that context at all, especially with the goat. I mean, you'd hear it, I guess, throughout your, you know, bits and pieces, I guess. But it's not something that I, um, I was ambushed by it. I, it's not something that I ever like explored in my mind or thought, even had a thought about yeah. on a personal level. So that's why I think scared, why it scared the shit out of me so much is because it just really came out of nowhere, and it was the timing of it too with her. That I'm like, yeah, something, something's chasing her. Something's leaving with her. Have you seen her since then? No. I Mm-mm. see your stories are stories of ghosts, in my opinion, kind of being dangerous it, because you've had two instances where you thought you were being uh, in, assaulted or mm-hmm. someone was breaking and entering or whatever, you know, stuff like that. That's when you got a problem. And that's when it's like, this isn't a cute ghost. This is like right. the, this isn't the a cops ghost. are getting involved. Yeah, this isn't a ghost hiding from me or, you know, I had an experience. My very first experience was a see-through white ghost, those transparent. Say what? When was this? This was in 1990. It was whenever the Phoenix Suns were playing the Bulls in the final championship for the NBA. And the reason why I know well, yeah, this. I would know which year it was. I think it was 91 or 92. But I had, I had this boyfriend and, he, you know, Big Italian family, big Italian father, Macho Baracho, and I'd been I'd been at his house, and the living room was situated. You'd sit and, and face the TV, and then off to the right was a hallway, and there was like a, a little pod of of rooms, you know, like down this hallway. There were two rooms to the right, and the master bedroom to the left, and then a bathroom. And I would say probably six or seven times while I was watching TV over, you know, a course of some months, I would see it was a, definitely a woman. Um, she was in all white, um, like a flowy, but it wasn't formal. I kind of feel like it was a nightshirt, almost like a nightgown. Mm-hmm. And um, out of the corner of my eye, I would see this 
person walk from one side of the hallway to the other, right? And I wouldn't say anything to anybody. It's like what we're what we've been talking about. You don't want to say anything to anybody because they're going to think you're crazy. Yeah. And I I would see it go. It would be like I don't know, every. Every couple of visits or when we were watching TV, it wasn't every single time. And she was see-through. She was see-through and she would go from right to left or left to right, right? So I didn't say anything. And the reason That's a ghosty ghost. It, right. She was a ghosty ghost. I didn't say anything. And then we were watching the NBA finals. That's why I remember this so clearly because the whole family was sitting there. Uh-huh. And we were watching the game and I saw it again. And I said, and it went from left to right. She went left to right. And I just said, Fuck it. I'm going to say so. I go, did you guys just see? And every one of them, even his father, Mr. Italian, was like, oh, my God, we've been seeing this. Are you seeing it? Like the family hadn't even discussed it amongst themselves. Oh, really? Nobody had discussed it, but everybody had been seeing it. It was not my home. It was their home. Wow. And every single person on that fam- in Were that family. Were they new to that house, do you think? They or? had been there maybe, I think relatively, maybe a couple yeah. of years. But they all just, everybody stood up and was like, oh my God, I've been seeing this. I thought it was crazy. And they all had, she, it's it's a lady. It's an old lady. She's wearing, she's in white. Um, was she like floating or walking? She was walking. But she like wasn't threatening or anything. She just, I feel like it's somebody that died in the house and she's like wandering around trying to find her medication. I mean, that's kind of the like the, the way that her gait. She was like, she's like wandering around like, huh, where's my blood pressure and medication? Or like, you know, I need to take an insulin injection. I don't yeah. know. She's just kind of like wandering. It wasn't, you know, uh, and she'd go spooky. back and forth. Oh, weird. You want to hear some ghost voices? Yeah. Okay. It's time for... EVPs or EV please. Do you know what an EVP is? No. Okay, EVP is electronic voice phenomena. It's when on like ghost hunter shows they capture a voice. They call that an EVP. Oh. So I go to YouTube and I find EVPs, so ghost voices. And I want you to guess what the ghost hunter believes these ghosts are saying. Oh no. Or what you think they're saying. Just a good just a good guess. Sometimes it's an EVP. Sometimes it's an EV please. So the uh the first one is from Gas Paranormal is what they're called on YouTube. And this is in Burlington County Prison Museum in Mount Holly. New Jersey. Uh, you might hear a little bit of the ghost hunter speaking, but you can tell which one is the ghost voice. It's a little more raspy. All right, tell me what you think they're saying. That's it? Yeah, that's the voice. Okay, but... I, I cut it off before the ghost hunter started. Okay, let's try it again. Oh, sounds like it sounds like he's he's got like an Australian accent. Can you play it one more time? I have no idea. I'll give you some options. Is it A, who's that messy bitch? B, guess who's pregnant? C, who's that message for? Or D, who's a prisoner? Play one more. I think it's who's that messy bitch. It's who's that message for? Who's that message but for? But we've all been there. Who's that messy bitch? Oh, I don't know if I can do this. Is it scary? That is 
for real. I've never heard a ghost outside of the noise. Like, I've never heard a voice of a ghost. Well, welcome to Ghosted. Uh, here's another one. This one is from Jersey Paranormal Investigations, and it was in a private, ha- private house in Pittman, New Jersey. Okay, here we go. Oh, this is a little bit more whispery. Here, let's try it again. God, I'm here? Something I'm here? That's a good guess. Okay, is it A, look at it from here. B, look out about here. C, look, Adam is here. Or D, just whisper. What was the first what was the first option? Look at it from here. Look at it from here. That's what I think it is. I think it but is. But they think Ross. it's look out about here. That doesn't even make sense. It's look at it from here. So they don't give you what they what how they translate it like no, that's just what they guess. Oh my god. That's just what they assume. But I always think it's funny because ghost hunters are like, no, this is what they said. <laughs> I mean, if I heard something like that, I don't know what I would do. You, I would have to go to a hospital. What if you heard, yes, sir. <laughs> With the breath, yes, sir. Well, it'd be really creepy if you heard it. Oh, my God. Because you're not yes, sir. Thanks, Rita. <laughs> God, I love that episode. Oh, and also, a uh, special shout out to Yasser Lester, the comedian and actor who uh, made a little cameo in that. That was so fun. So, okay, here's something I'm going to do. Here is a special offer. Please, uh, if you buy tickets to the live show this weekend, since we do have two handfuls of them left that I want to get rid of, if you have bought tickets already or you plan on buying tickets, send me an email at ghostedbyraws at gmail.com. And just, you know, tell me that you bought tickets. Give me, like, the the confirmation code that they give you or just snap a photo of it and send it to me just so I know that you bought a ticket. And then I'll give you a free ticket. So kind of a buy one, get one free kind of a thing. So, uh, yeah, let's do that. Just email me, ghostedbyraws at gmail.com. All right, guys, please join the Facebook group, Ghosted by Ross Dressfeles. Um, also follow me on Instagram, Roz Dresfeles. Please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you do that. If you have a ghost story, you can leave it in a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or in the Facebook group, or you can email me, ghostedbyroz at gmail.com, wherever you want to. <sighs> Guys, I love you all, both living and dead. But if I didn't ask you to haunt me, don't haunt me. Okay, bye! Starbanks Avenue, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.